Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Conversations in Speech Pathology podcast. I am your host, Jeff Steppen. And today I am happy to welcome Chris Adams to the show. Chris is an incoming graduate student in speech pathology. He'll be studying at the University of the Pacific. And he hails from Vancouver. Chris wrote me an email after I published my last episode on the uh, My Beautiful Stutter documentary that was featured with uh, Ryan Geelin. Chris has dealt with his own lifelong stutter, and in this episode we briefly talk about what it was like growing up with the stutter and what led him to, de- to the decision of becoming a speech pathologist himself. So without further ado, here is Chris Adams. Uh, you're, you're writing to me that uh, you came into college with a, with a football scholarship, correct? That's right, yeah. But you weren't sure what it was that you wanted to do. So I just actually want to start with how the speech pathology came into, into play here. Well, so I, I grew up with a stutter. Um, so when I was like learning how to talk, my mom says, um, she said that I had a stutter, which isn't too uncommon. Right. Um, but then I grew out of it. And then when I was, um, 10 years old, we moved houses and moved towns and there was a new school and everything. And then my stutter came back, I guess. And it just snowballed hard. Um, so I was about 10 to about 16, 17 years old is when I really had a lot of my, um, difficulty speaking. Um, and then, like you said, I got offered, um, a football scholarship. And at that point I was like, I was finishing high school and I said, yeah, like I'll go to, um, a great university. Um, I didn't really know. I thought maybe I would go into, um, physiotherapy or something like that. Cause I've always, um, I've always enjoyed helping people. Mm-hmm. So I went to university, took a few courses here and there. I was playing football, having fun. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, after a couple of years of just taking a few random courses, it's like, okay, I really need to get serious about this. Um, and I took one speech sciences class and I was like, Hey, like I really enjoyed that class. I have uh, a background in it. I can relate to people. I literally clicked a button online and it became my major and it was honestly probably the best decision that i've ever made because i haven't looked back since yeah um but i um it was actually a funny story because i i actually found out like a month after i said i'm going to do speech sciences and i'm going to go this route that i found out that i did get into kin for the next year mm. and i said nope i've i've completely chosen this path and i'm just going to see where it takes me okay Okay, so you could have gone another direction. Yeah, you decided exactly. to stay with speech pathology. Okay, yeah, which, which I'm very thankful I did. So, how many courses? So, okay, so you you're now uh, at the end of your college career. You're you're getting ready to go into graduate school, correct? Yeah. So, so I actually um, I went. I started university in 2011, um, and then I graduated in 2016, mm-hmm. and I took I I knew like I knew my GPA wasn't where it needed to be to apply to grad school after my first few years of not really taking school too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually went to Thailand for six months um, as soon as I graduated and I, um, I was able to um, teach 
um, teach, teach English over there for six months, which mm-hmm. was a fantastic experience and kind of helped me grow and understand that I do want to work with people and with kids even mm-hmm. like as a profession. So then I came home um, and I started applying for jobs and I sent out my resume to every speech pathology clinic in the city. Um, one lady wrote me back. She had me in, I'm in for an interview and then she hired me on as an assistant. Mm-hmm. And after my first day there, I was like, okay, I need to take this seriously. I need to up my GPA and I signed up for online courses. So I worked for about three and a half years as a speech assistant while I was taking online classes at the same time to upgrade my GPA. Mm-hmm. And then I started um, applying to grad schools last fall and then found out about a month and a half ago that I got into one. So Nice. You have kind of an advantage there um, working as an SLPA. I think it's good because, you know, you. I found that a lot of the people that I went to school with, it's like anything else. You go to school and you think you're going to do X and you wind up doing Y. So, like, I've known people, you know, gone through and it's like, I'm going to work with voice disorders and they wind up doing craniofacial or in my case, it was, it was going to be swallowing was going to be my big thing. And then it turned out it wasn't. It's a, I did a complete 180 and went with the kids. Um, so it's, so it's good. I think that you have this background now you, I'm assuming you, so your clinic, you worked with pediatrics. Is that right? And is it yeah, mostly. mostly? Yeah. Okay. So now going into graduate school, is that your main focus? Is that what you think you want to do or you're not sure yet? I've, I've always thought it was, and, and it still might be. Um, and obviously growing up with a stutter, I'm like, I think I would want to focus on that as well a little bit, but at the same time, there's this whole other realms of speech pathology and language that I'm going to explore in grad school. And I'm just think I'm going to go in with an open mind. And if I go into a placement in a hospital and absolutely love it, and that's my place, then so be it but i guess we'll find out no i should totally do it um i so i want to go back now okay so just just for the for the audience you are in uh, vancouver yeah uh you're you're coming to the states for graduate school is that correct that's correct yeah okay i want to go back to um because stuttering is not my area of expertise in fact i think i've only worked with one how many stuttering clients have i ever had because was, one was in graduate school. No, so I had another, I had one pediatric client ever. So really, it's like, this is not uh, an area of expertise at all. But I'm interested in that break you had, that the stuttering just kind of went away. And I, I'm not, so maybe one of the SLPs out there can kind of chime in after we upload this. But I'm just, I'm just curious as to what you think, or if, if anyone's having, given you feedback on, what caused that break before you before the age of 10 where you had this kind of this reprieve from stuttering yeah so i mean hopefully like you said an slp can kind of jump in and give their expertise and um opinion on it but as as far as kind of things that i know um uh traumatic experience not that like we moved it was only an hour away but being a 10 year old kid in a new school it wasn't that traumatic but just that situation can kind of trigger things um can kind of trigger a stutter um so i guess that was it now 
the break that I had, I I don't really I don't really know. There is stuttering in my family. My older cousin also stutters. Mm, okay. So it's it's not uncommon to have it in the family as well. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, because in in my experience, in my limited experience, I I remember having a professor um, so I, I have a, a slightly similar path to becoming an SLP. I didn't undergraduate major in the field when I decided to go into it. I actually had to go back and take the prerequisite courses. And so I did that for, um, roughly a year. I remember one of my professors who, um, who was a stutterer as well, uh, for him, it was very sound specific. So I kind of remember him saying that, uh, I believe for some reason, the letter F uh, threw him off. So he would ac- actually anticipate words with an F and, and kind of work around it. Um, he would choose a different word if he could. Um, yeah. Otherwise, he would just try to, you know, kind of relax and breathe his way into it and, and, and just get through it. But uh, from what I do from little, I do know it's such a, um, a diverse set of uh, behaviors and comorbidities, things that can that can affect it. Um, I, now I'm, so fast forward to now, um, because I see you as a very, uh, fluent speaker. Um, what, what, if anything has helped you? I think the biggest thing that helped me, cause I, um, I did have speech therapy, but I do want to thank you for saying that I'm a fluent speaker because I, I really don't think I am, but, yeah. um, um, I did have speech therapy in elementary school. So from grades four to seven, um, and then in high school, we didn't have a, um, a speech pathologist and private speech therapy is a little bit expensive. And I'm from a family of four kids and it just wasn't in the family budget, which it totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of, it kind of got to the point and kind of it was grade nine ten that i like i'm a naturally outgoing person i love hanging out with people and even just i um i kind of like to give the example of being in the classroom and looking at the clock and i'm like okay there's 15 minutes left i really have to go to the washroom but i don't want to raise my hand and ask because i'm gonna stutter Mm -hmm. so i hold it in and i wait and it's just little things like that just, that just started to eat away at me. But I'm like, no, I can't. I can't live my life like this. This is not. This is not who I am. And if I'm gonna just talk and stutter, then that's that's just the way it is. Um, and I mean, thankfully, I had a. I have a really good support group around me and and um, and my friends and family, and um, I just gained more confidence in my speaking, mm-hmm. and. Then, Gradually, I just got more and more fluent. But that being said, I still definitely do stutter. Yeah. Um, and it was, well, up up here in Canada, we say grade 12, not our senior year. We say grade 12. So, okay. so in grade 12, I had to give um, a football speech for a coach of mine. And I was speaking so fluently in my grade 12 year. I was, I was feeling like I was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And then I had to give this speech and it was horrendous i stuttered so much that there was a point where i couldn't get a single word out the entire crowd just started clapping and everything and that point for me just reminded me that like it's it's always going to be there and Mm -hmm. that's okay yeah that's that's just who i am and and that's fine and if i stutter i stutter and Mm -hmm. 
that's just the way life's going to be, right? Yeah, no, totally. Um, hundred percent. I, I do wonder, uh, so going back to your early years, ages, what, four to seven, do you remember what speech therapy was like? Do you remember some of the exercises or techniques you used back then? The, the overlying theme was, okay, I get to leave class and I get to go play <laughs> games. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> Which as a speech assistant, that's what I want the kids to think. It's a fun place to go and kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, there is obviously techniques and things. And I don't really honestly remember a lot of them. Um, there was just, there was, um, I, like I remember she used, I think it was a, a turtle or, 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 or no, it was a snail. It was a snail where you talk, talk slow like a snail. I remember that one, but that's probably all I remember. <laughs> you know, I have to say, like, I, I definitely, I think at the school I work at, the teachers, if there's any rub against me in the school that I work at, it's that um, I have a little, they call me, some of the teachers call me Uncle Jeff because I have a little bit too much fun with the kids. I think one of, so one of my weaknesses, uh, if you ever put me in a classroom as a teacher role, I would get eaten alive by the kids. Uh, that's not my bag. I mean, I can work in, in small groups or one-on-one because I do try to make it fun and I probably lean a little too much to the fun. So like the, one of the teachers used to say, you rile them up and then I have to clean up the mess. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I almost think it's a good thing that you don't remember the specific techniques. That was probably a good thing. I mean, you're, I, I think the number one thing is to make the client feel relaxed and that they want to come to therapy. I think if you can do that, you've won half the battle. Exactly. Um, I, I completely agree. And I'm definitely the same way. Um, yeah, I, I do remember going to speech therapy and my speech pathologist saying, Chris, like you don't stutter when you're with me. Mm. And then she'll go talk to my teacher and say, he's doing just fine. And he's like, well, no, he does stutter in the class quite a bit. But when I'm with her, I'm just, we're just having fun. I'm relaxed. I just, maybe it's the one-on-one environment. I don't know, but it, it was, I was definitely a lot more smooth than I was talking to her. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is a funny thing. Now, I'm, I'm sure you've met, um, obviously, working as an SLPA, a number of speech pathologists along the way. Have you, I'm just curious, in, in your quest to become a speech pathologist, have you gotten any uh, good advice as far as applying to grad schools or, you know, just career advice that you want to share? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very, very thankful for all the speech pathologists that I worked under. I think there was... Uh, five of them, I think. And, and after I got, um, after I found out I got into grad school, I had to message them all and just give them a thanks to, to saying like, thanks for encouraging me on this journey. And they all in their own special way are an inspiration for me because they showed me that this field can be so much fun and you can make a career out of playing games with kids. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm living so, proof of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So no, they're, and especially the first one that offered me the job, right? It mm-hmm. gave me the work experience. And then I was able to apply to a, um, a different preschool and have about 55, 60 kids on my caseload that I, um, caseload that I have to see. And I just, I just gained so much great experience and I'm, I'm still in contact with them. And I, I just kind of, we go back and forth and say, Oh, I remember this time, remember that time. And just kind of, 
encouraging each other and they definitely inspire me to even just go back to grad school and kind of live out my dream. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it's also, um, a good point that coming into the field that you're a male, um, mm-hmm. you need more men in the profession. I always go back when I was, uh, so I'm dating myself, but mid nineties when I, uh, went to graduate school yeah. And at the time, the American Speech Hearing Association, I think they, there's something like 6%-ish men represented in the field, I want to say, somewhere around there. And then it just went down. Yeah. Um, it went down in the 2000s, I, I want to say, like it hit like 3%. Um, so I don't know, you know, I can't explain why, I don't know. I mean, but it's, you know, I'm always happy when I hear other guys going into the field. Um, we need people from all different walks of life, genders, you know, socioeconomic, what have you. So I think that's an awesome thing that you're coming into the field and, uh, I wish you a lot of success. I hope you have a lot of success and, uh, hope you've, you know, find what you're looking for. Yeah. Thank Uh, you. I'm, I'm very, very excited to start the journey of grad school. I'm definitely a little nervous as well, but yeah. uh, I'm really excited. Um, but to, to, to that point of being a male, I, I was fortunate enough to work under a male speech pathologist as well. Oh, cool. Uh, and he, he was a, or he is a guru. He, he, he has his master's in speech and OT. Wow. So he, and, and he was just the speech, but he knew, he just has so much knowledge, but to have a male speech pathologist and a male speech assistant, people found out and they're like, that is so uncommon. Yeah. But we had so much fun. It was awesome. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Chris Adams, for being on the show today. I wish you lots of luck, and I hope you keep in touch. Um, if you would like to get in touch with me, you can do so at Jeff at conversationsandspeech.com. I read all email, good, bad, and everything in between. And so I will see you next time. <laughs>